Hello, <laughs> um, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Dating Rules Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, I really appreciate it. Um, as always, I'm excited to bring you another episode. I'm glad that I have arrived back on Fridays being new episode days and this one feels really good to share today. I don't know why, but I feel like it might land with the people that need it, that's my hope. Um, I spoke to Erin Johnson of Living Open about all kinds of things, about our practices, about breathwork and tarot and relating to our bodies, about becoming an entrepreneur and also about using nonviolent communication to heal family patterns. So we talked about a whole range of things and it's just fun and beautiful and giggly to speak to Erin after being on her podcast as well. So I really hope you like this episode. A few updates from me. I'm back in Scotland now. I'm so glad to be home and settled and to be facing winter, maybe for the first time in my life. Maybe I'm being a bit dramatic here, but maybe for the first time in my life, feeling really grounded and so much more ready for winter than I've ever felt. This new home that I'm living in feels really nice and sweet. I can confirm that my heating works really well, my windows are double glazed, which is important in Scotland, so I'm feeling pretty sorted. I went back down to Brighton recently um, to get the rest of my stuff up, and that means that apart from some books that I have in Hamburg, which is my hometown, everything is in one place now, and that hasn't been the case for me in like, oh my gosh, many, many years, and it just feels so nice to be able to declutter and really review and take stock of my belongings and my life in this way. Um, so I really don't actually have a ton because I've been living in a tiny house the last two years and I had a chance to become very intentional with what I'm bringing into my space. But still it feels nice to be able to stretch out more, to be able to color coordinate my bookshelf, to be able to see the sea from my window and I'm still going swimming by the way so it's freezing cold now but I'm still doing it, it's amazing. Otherwise, I'm really enjoying the Embodied Magic program, but I'm feeling that it's about to change in some way. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I feel like we're ready for something else. Or are we ready for it to be something else? Next month, I'm running my first grief circle that I'm really excited about. And this week, I have committed to training as a death doula. I'll talk about this some more another time, but just to say that, as you know, I've been really interested in grief and how it can help us to live more fully. And there's been another episode with um, a death doula called Lucy Taylor. Actually, she's a grief, um, she's a death awareness coach, sorry. Um, but that's been over at my DIY business podcast and came out this week. So if you're interested in these things too, that might be a cool one to listen to. It's a DIY small business podcast and you can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes um, and over on my website at yarrowdigital.com. So yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll talk about that some more, but I'm very excited and it feels like the right time, the right time of the year um, to think about loss and ancestors um, in a beautiful way. Like I'm really feeling this um, openness to it that's actually quite joyful. Um, I've, I've also written a ton of zines in the last two weeks and that's probably because I left social media. So it's really nice to see that other ways of creative expressions are coming forward now and I am excited to offer those. So I think next week I will be offering them 
I have your snail mail as a package and I'm just figuring out the most affordable way of doing that. So stay tuned for that. They'll be available till the end of the month. Um, and you can also book a little reading with me alongside them. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for a conversation with Erin. It's so funny. I was just asking Erin um, if she can hear my dog in the background. And just this moment, as I was starting recording, he got up and did this big shake. So I don't know if you heard that in the background. But anyway, I don't want to let that distract us because I feel like we're going to have a really beautiful conversation. I'm so glad that Erin reached out to me. Um, she's also podcasting. And so I just I'm really excited to speak to a fellow human being who really cares about having conversations and healing work and untangling shame and all these things that we often think and dream about on this podcast. So Erin, hey, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Yay. Um, well, why don't we begin with you telling us um, your name, the name of your business, and then maybe where you are in the world right now, what nature is like around you. Yeah, so my name is Erin Johnson. And um, as far as my business, <laughs> I guess I just go under my name and my podcast is called Living Open. So actually mm -hmm. Living Open is probably it. Um, and I live in Philadelphia in the U.S. And nature around me is all alive. It's really hot this week here. Um, but so I've been walking outside in the mornings more before it gets really hot because, um, yeah, this body does not <laughs> enjoy 100 degree weather. Um, but nature is all alive and everything's blooming and there's flowers in the park and the trees are all full and the sun is bright and it feels really vibrant outside. Mm -hmm. I can kind of so imagine that even if I don't really know a ton about Philadelphia. So mm, that's beautiful to imagine. Thank you. Um, and it's interesting also what you're saying about your body. I so relate to that because I just moved to Scotland. So I had a pretty rainy summer and it wasn't actually that warm. So in a way, my body is a bit confused. It's like, is this the season or is it autumn? Is that it? You know? Um, but I think sometimes when I remember spending summers in really hot climates, I remember that actually it wasn't that great for my body during the day in the summer heat so hmm, it's interesting and I'm thinking a lot about how that relates to capitalism and expansion as well how we seem to have the story of like more sunshine is always better and like being out there is always good so hmm, that's just a little side note <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's actually something I've been thinking about a lot, not specifically with the sun, mm -hmm. but this year, just this question of what is enough, you know, what's mm -hmm. enough sun, what's enough clients, enough money, um, mm -hmm. what's enough for me? Because exactly in capitalism, like there's never supposed to be enough, right? We're always supposed to be unsatisfied and wanting more and more, but that's not okay with me. And that's not how I want to live. I just, I want to have enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is actually a beautiful segue into my next question. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about what your work is at the moment with the understanding that maybe it's also a snapshot in time because I think something I really love about the kind of work that we do is that it can be pretty fluid. So I'm just wondering, like, what are you excited about in your work at the moment and what has that been like as a journey for you? 
Oh, thank you for asking. Yeah, um, I really appreciate that acknowledgement that our work is fluid because mine is very fluid and at any given time I'm working on and focusing on something different because I do a lot of different things. Um, but right now I'm feeling really excited by my breathwork work and I've been doing a lot of private work with clients on that and I've been really deep in my own personal practice with breathwork Really, this whole year, I've been really dedicated to my personal practice, and that's just spilled over into my work, and it's made me more excited about doing this work with other people and offering it. Um, and I think that's usually how it goes for me, is what I focus on and what I'm excited about in my work is what I'm focused on and excited about in my personal practice, and there, there really isn't a separation, so it just sort of flows like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I feel there's real big magic in how we seem to be attracting people with the kind of challenges that we're currently facing as well. I feel like there's always these waves of like, oh, I'm looking at this particular part of myself right now and this is the tool that's really helping me. And suddenly people pop up everywhere and they're like, huh, I'm experiencing this really similar thing. <laughs> What is working for you? So, hmm, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I have always, always found that to be true. Absolutely. Um, I'm wondering, um, and I love that you're doing breathwork, by the way. I would love to hear that about that a little bit more. And I feel like also it's like such a big field and there's so many different directions that we could take that in. So I want to begin with asking what your relationship to embodiment is like at the moment and maybe how that's related to breathwork. Mm. I've had a lot of experiences this year that have really helped me connect with my body and get more comfortable in my body. Um, and breathwork has been part of that, but really the experiences that stand out have really helped me uh, release a lot of shame around my body. And so just to give a little context, like I've really uncovered a lot of the beliefs that I've been holding around my body and I grew up in a really religious home where the idea was always um, that you need to cover up in order to be loved, that your body is, you know, inherently sinful and shameful and something to be controlled. Mm -hmm. So I've done a lot of unpacking of that this year and I've had some really beautiful experiences that have helped me get really out of my comfort zone and just feel more free in my body. Um, like one of my friends is a boudoir photographer and I was visiting her in California in the spring and we did a photo shoot naked at a nude beach and that oh was my definitely, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It was amazing and I just felt so held and supported by her um, and it was just a beautiful experience to just be free in my body, in nature, and have it be loved and appreciated by someone in a non-sexual context and in a non-sexual way. Um, mm -hmm. And I also went to Spirit Weavers, and if anyone knows about Spirit Weavers, there's also a lot of nudity there. And that was really healing for me, too, just to be in my body in that way around other women and just to see other normal non-airbrushed bodies and have everyone just be okay with that 
there's been a lot of that work helping me feel just like more at home and more comfortable with my body. And breathwork has brought up a lot of those patterns and a lot of those stories that I mentioned, like the surfacing of those has mostly come through breathwork and having experiences like that has been like taking it to the next level, deeply healing. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me. I, um, I've done a breathwork teacher training with Ellen Telford as well, um, which was also the first time I've been to the U.S. I traveled to New York for this, and I it's had such a big impact in my life, and I feel like I'm still integrating things that I've learned that one weekend. So, yeah, that's really cool. And how beautiful that you had this connection with someone you felt really comfortable with. Um, that's something I'm kind of also calling in, just letting everyone know who's listening. If you know a cool boudoir or some kind of nudity openness <laughs> photog photographer in Scotland, I'm so here for that. Um, yes. mm, um, so kind of more on a day-to-day -day basis, how is breathwork a part of your life? Or if someone, well, actually, maybe let's talk a little bit more about what it actually is, um, if anyone's listening and they don't know. Um, how would you describe breathwork? Yeah, so I talk about breathwork as an emotional healing technique um, because that's really what it feels like to me. And it's really just about breathing in a specific pattern, in a specific way, which we I trained with Aaron's teacher, so we practice the same style of breathwork. Um, but it's really breathing in this specific pattern, in this specific way to stir up emotions that are stuck in our bodies, um, energy as well. But I often find that the deepest healing that comes out of it is an emotional release. So whether that's anger or fear or sadness or whatever it is that is inside of you that needs to come out, it will come out in breath work. And it's, an, it's very intense, I will also say. It's an active healing technique so it's not like laying back and receiving reiki it's really you doing the work on yourself which is why i also think it's so powerful because you're not giving your power away to someone else to do something for you or to you whoever's there facilitating if someone is is just holding this space for you and encouraging you but you're the one who's doing the work on yourself and healing yourself. And it's something that you can do every day on your own if you want. Um, it's really powerful, I think, to understand that we can do that for ourselves. We don't always need someone else to give us something to heal us. Like we have that power for ourselves, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. That totally makes sense. And I agree that breathwork is, is, I think there's something really beautiful in like having spells, having space held for you, especially as a beginner, if you're getting to know the practice and maybe you're not sure, you know, you're doing it right. Obviously, there is technically no wrong or right way. I think it's always about feeling good and opening a little bit more each time. But I think, yeah, working with someone is really beautiful, especially when you're starting out or there's something particular that you want to address. And then and then it also definitely becomes something that you can do at home every day. And it's just this, like, really beautiful reset button. That's something that comes up for me as a word, like a really beautiful emotional release in a way. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you do a lot of breath work or is this part of your practice? 
I've let go of a little bit while traveling at the moment because I'm staying with other people. And I really find that for me, um, I loved the training and being in this really big group of people who are all really committed to this practice. And like everyone was crying in a room and we all really shared so deeply. But if I'm honest around other people that I don't know at all and that, that I don't know if, you know, how they would feel about that, I feel a lot more self-conscious doing it in my room when I can be heard. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's really important to be able to scream and cry. And that's just not possible in an Airbnb at the moment. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of heading at the beach for like moments of breathwork sometimes. Um, but this Friday in Knockwood, I'm getting the keys to my new place. So, I think one of the first things after unpacking will be to set up a really beautiful corner that's just for breath work and to kind of really sink back into that practice. And I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what about you in your own home? How are you approaching breath work or how are you deciding what feels right? Do you sometimes work with recordings or do you have playlists or do you work with themes or intentions? Yeah, I do such a wide variety of things and it's it's really just whatever I need. So generally the commitment that I've made to myself is to do one like deep, long breathwork experience every week. And I'll also do not every day, but maybe just like five, six, seven minutes of breathwork Um on some days throughout the week. So in that case, it's more so if I'm like, I'm about to do an interview like this one, I might do a little breath work just to clear out my channel and help me be more present and more in my body. Um, But when I'm carving out that space for a long, deep practice, it's much more so what we were talking about, about having an emotional release. And Mm -hmm. I might go into that with a theme or intention. It really depends. Um, I actually often find that my most powerful experiences are when I just let whatever comes come up. Like I don't really go into it with a theme and something sometimes totally wild will come up and I'm like, where is this coming from? Um, But it's fine. It's perfect. And um, so sometimes I'll do recordings from other people. Sometimes I'll just put on a playlist. It really depends on whatever I'm feeling. And I've also done before like, I'll start doing something like I'll start doing a recording from someone and then halfway through I'll be like I really need to like listen to this song right now like this needs to be part of my so I'll turn it off and I'll switch um so I really just do whatever I feel called to and that for me that's the most powerful way but breathwork is a big part of my life and when I made the commitment to do that practice every single week a lot changed and my relationship with it has gotten so much, um, so much deeper. And I think I go deeper every time, which is really beautiful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, I'm wondering if we can talk about shame a little bit as well. That's something that you've mentioned being part of your work um, or unshaming I should probably say or releasing shame and I'm wondering what what your experience and your thinking around that is at the moment and maybe also how did you become conscious of that being an intention I feel like for me that's been a pretty big moment in my life where I realized actually I'm holding shame in my body in my mind and that's something I'm really wanting to entangle myself from um that's huge that realization and then to say okay 
and this is what I'm going to do and I want to be open to all these different things that may help. What was that like for you? Yeah, that is huge. And shame is, yeah, such a big part of my work or unshaming, <laughs> untangling shame and shame stories. I think I feel like we all accumulate shame, I guess, throughout our lives when we are told, or even if we're not told directly, but we somehow understand that some part of us is unacceptable, something we have expressed or something that we're doing or something or some way that our body looks or a feeling that we're feeling. In some way, we get the message that this is unacceptable, this is bad. Maybe this makes me unlikable. Maybe this makes me unlovable. Whatever it is, I think we just start to reject that part of ourselves. And that might not be something that we remember doing, and it probably wasn't conscious. Um, but later in life, I think we can start to see the different places where we have rejected parts of ourselves. And the reason we do that is really because we're ashamed of it. Um, for me, I had this deep realization when I was on the train. Um, I was going from Philly to New York. And there was a person walking down the aisle of the train reciting their poetry. And I was having all this judgment come up. I was like, Ugh, why are they doing this right now? This is so annoying. All that type of like judgment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I just realized like, oh, <laughs> I'm judging this person because I'm actually jealous that they feel so free and open in their expression of themselves and their expression of their art. And I don't feel that way. I don't feel free to do that. I feel ashamed of my expression and of my words and my writing. And that was a big turning point for me because I just started to see it everywhere. I started to see everywhere how parts of myself that I were ashamed of were reflected in like how I was judging other people, what I was rejecting in other people, specifically my parents, which is the whole other story mm -hmm. um and it's been sort of like a slow like coming home and inviting all of those parts of myself back in you know the part of myself that feels too much maybe or the part of myself that is a writer I didn't write for a really long time because of exactly what I said as a kid I wrote novels <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I stopped doing that for years and yeah so untangling that shame and realizing that I was really just projecting my own shame onto other people was huge for me and just helped me start that process of integrating all of those parts of myself, which I'm still very, very much in. I don't know if I'll ever not be in that, in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can relate to that a lot. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I really see something of myself and what you're saying. Um, natural expression that comes easy um, in creative, fluid, playful ways is also something I really want to express more of and can sometimes become judgy about if I see it in others. And, you know, I'm like, oh, this is taking up so much space. How annoying. <laughs> and then I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wondering also how the tower plays into your practice. I feel like, I don't know if this sounds silly, but I feel like in your storytelling um, there's so much archetypal wisdom that comes through or, you know, like even if I didn't know that you have a tarot practice, I would feel like you're such a beautiful storyteller and there's so much 
symbolism in what you're saying. And so I'm wondering, like, what is your relationship to the tarot like at the moment? And how is that supporting you become, in becoming clear about these patterns that you're seeing in yourself and the world around you? Oh, thank you for saying that. And I think tarot right now for me anyways is a really beautiful mirror and actually not just right now, always. It really helps me uh, contextualize what I'm going through. And when things feel sort of um, confusing or I feel like I can't see because it's so easy to see afterwards, right? what's really going on but sometimes in the moment when things can be so charged and there's so much feeling around it um, and maybe the ego is really flaring up or fear is getting really triggered it can be hard to get that context and understand what's really going on and so the tarot is a really beautiful tool as that for me to offer that perspective and that clarity and the tarot will also call me out on my own shit <laughs> really um it calls me out on stories that i tell myself and it asks me to consider like are these stories actually true are these stories the reality because i think the more that i do this work the more that i realize how much meaning i make of people's actions of things that are going on in my life and is that actually true? Is that actually serving me? Is that the reality of the situation? Or is that my own projection? Um, I think it's something that the tarot really helps me with and really helps me understand. And sometimes it also just feels validating. You know, if I'm feeling really sad, um, I'm grieving and I pull a card that reflects that, then I just feel seen by my deck. And that feels really nourishing, too, because I think a lot of the time we're taught that our feelings are not okay, right? Or that we should just get over something or that whatever we're feeling is not valid for whatever reason. And to just be seen in your feelings, whether it's by another person or whether it's by the tarot and being told, like, yes, I see this, um, that feels really validating and just really helpful. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I feel there's also a connectedness to the bigger picture of the human experience. This, I mm -hmm. think this is being seen in the moment and feeling like, yes, this is something I can work with because I f it feels true to me to have the Tower card in this moment or the Ten of Swords or whatever and to kind of reflect on a deeper level of what that means right now and how we want to work with that and then there's also this thing of like throughout time millions of people have drawn the tower card and it meant something wildly different to them but also there's a really deep connection in that experience and a similarity and an archetype that we hold together as a culture um, across time and space and that feels so nurturing as well I feel like and it just makes me feel less alone in that experience which is great. Yes, I love that. And I love, too, how the cards, like, they're all part of us, you know? Like, every single one of the archetypes in the cards, there's something that we have access to. And some might be, like, more difficult for us to access for a variety of reasons, but they're all within us and they're all part of us. And sometimes I think the cards come up to ask me, like, can you embody this part of yourself right now? What would it feel like for you to step into the emperor today or in this situation or what would it feel like for you to be in temperance or death and just really give yourself over to that energy and feel it um, how might that shift your experience mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I would love to talk about your business a little bit as well. Um, we have touched on this a little bit before we started recording, and I love what you were saying about intuition and your work being pretty fluid. And so I'm wondering how you're kind of weaving these practices together. And or maybe you also want to tell us about how you started your business. I think that's super interesting for people to hear, like when – Did you know that you didn't want these practices just for yourself and your own exploration, but that you wanted to bring them out into the world and share them with other people as well? Mm. Yeah, so my work really started uh, after college. I knew I didn't want to work for anyone else, but I wasn't. <laughs> Thank you, yes. <laughs> I am Mary's moon if anyone is into astrology. So that was never really in the cards for me. <laughs> Um, but I, my degree actually from college is a business degree. I did finance and marketing. And, um, so I was doing freelance work after school, freelance digital marketing, mostly social media management, all of that kind of stuff, which I really enjoyed. And at the time, like I was working, like my practice was just for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I decided that I wanted to teach yoga. And so I went to yoga school and that's sort of how this facilitation really started, um, I went to yoga school and so I started teaching yoga and meditation, which I actually don't do anymore because I realized that was more of a gateway really for me um, to teach me how to teach and how to facilitate and how to hold space and to get comfortable with that. But actually I enjoy practicing yoga more than I do teaching yoga. So I don't do that anymore, but that really started this work for me. And from there with yoga, I was introduced to Reiki and I started studying Reiki and I worked with Reiki for myself for a long time uh, before I offered it to anyone else. And um, Reiki is another beautiful practice that I love so much. But I think the thing for me and how all of this has come together. So the path of yoga also brought me to tarot and to breathwork. What's really happened for me is to work with whatever the modality is or the tool is and to use it for myself and to see how it changes me and shapes me and helps me heal. And then to share about that and to offer that if I feel called for other people. Um, All of the work that I offer is work that has been powerful for me personally. And I think I just, I think I just know when I'm ready. I know that's not really helpful, but I think I just know <laughs> when I'm ready to share it with someone else. Um, and there's also all of the work too, before I actually start charging for these services to facilitate them with friends, to do them for free or for really cheap um, to practice them because I don't think, you know, just because I did a Reiki training or whatever kind of training that I'm then totally ready to offer it to somebody else. Like I think there's uh, something to be said for taking your time and for practicing and for being in a student space, which is a really fun and enjoyable space for me to be in. I love to be in that sort of full energy of like anything could happen and that energy of curiosity and wonder and play. Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of how, I've come into this work and now everything just sort of has woven together really beautifully. Like everything is really supportive of each other, right? Like the tarot is really supportive of the work with the breath and with Reiki. Um, and these modalities work at different levels, but all working on the same kind of stuff, right? On healing the core wounds, on understanding your experience, on helping you grow and evolve, 
um, into more of yourself is what I always say and think um, that none of this work is about trying to, you know, change you or fix you or be somebody other than you are, but just to actually be like that true, true self. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, yeah, it really does. And I, I love what you were saying about both the beauty of being a student and this kind of experimental phase where you working for free or for a little less money. Um, that makes sense to me. That's definitely something I've done too. And um, I feel like the internet and especially social media is speeding up things so much. I feel mm-hmm. our understanding of time has really changed through our constant use of our phones and I feel like sometimes there's a sense of urgency and of like needing to be an expert really quickly. And I feel more and more that that people are attracted to and nourished by us telling the truth of how things unfolded. And, you know, we weren't born doing this particular thing that we're doing right now. And there's been phases of questioning and experimentation and learning and they will always return as well. And that is so beautiful and, and human and, And I think it's also speaking to this idea that we're not teachers in a hierarchical way, but that we're facilitating and sharing something that has worked for us. And, you know, there's things that are being shared with us at the same time. And it is more a circular way of trading with each other, isn't it? Yes, I love this so much. And I think you're so right. I think it is like the internet and social media has given us, has sort of like fed our ego, I think, and made us think that everything's urgent and that we have to know the answers right now and we have to be the expert right now or else we're falling behind or we're unworthy, really, I think that's what comes up for me. You know, if I don't know this or if I don't have this certification or this knowledge, then I'm somehow unworthy, um, which really is not true. And Something that stands out to me is I actually just finished my Reiki master certification this year, but before I started the master level, I did feel a little bit of that false urgency, that false scarcity, because the school that I've studied with, the trainings take a really long time. Like probably many of you know that you can do a Reiki training in a weekend or a master level in like two weekends. But the school that I've studied at has every training has been three months and then the Reiki master level is six months. And I had this little sort of tightness before I started and I was like, this is going to take so long. Like, should I just do a shorter program so I can just have, so I can just know this, so I can understand this. And then I was like, there's literally no reason for me to do that other than my ego. Like there's really is because I have the time I could afford it. It was really just my ego saying that's too long. You need to know this now. Um, You're not worthy of being a Reiki practitioner. You know, you need that title, which I really don't. And, um, Yeah, so if anybody else feels that way around urgency and that expert mentality, I totally feel that. And that's definitely been a big ego thing for me, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. Just the biggest same and high fives for me (laughs) as well. Totally. I feel like I have sometimes spent money on courses that weren't actually serving me just because I thought, I wasn't legitimate enough without them or I, you know, I really wanted to feel a little bit more professional and so much of the training that I've done has been a true big blessing and I'm so happy that I've done it and I feel that I'm passing a little bit of it on even if it's maybe not exactly the modality that I'm 
sharing right now, but it is all coming together in some way or another. Um, but there is also definitely this pressure of like always reaching for the next thing and kind of always self-developing in a very linear way that's kind of um, signified by certifications or, you know, or travel or, or things that we can show on Instagram. And I think actually what I've, I've been noticing um, that some of the practice that feel most powerful to me to share at the moment are really not ones that I have any formal training around. So for example, I've also done a yoga teacher training in my twenties and I've done several massage trainings and then breath work. And I've been working with the tarot for a while, but actually this year what I've been loving to share the most in my mighty network is journaling prompts, like really simple questions and just the practice of showing up with them every week and sharing what was coming up for me and seeing, you know, like being in, in really in presence and conversation with other people about these questions. And that's not something you can go to university for, you know, <laughs> which my ego finds quite frustrating in a way. Like I was literally Googling, oh, should I get a certification in therapeutic writing? And, <laughs> you know, and maybe I will do some more training around this in the future. And I'm sure that would be great. But I think sometimes there's also something really powerful in sharing our own experience and journey and reflections along the way. And there's so much informal learning that I feel we don't often give ourselves credit for, which is a shame. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that really resonates. I think the question that I've connecting with when I'm thinking about learning something in a more formal way like if I'm thinking about doing a training or a course I'm asking myself am I doing this because I don't trust myself um, and sometimes the answer is yes am I considering doing this because I don't trust myself and I don't trust that I have what I need and I don't trust that I know enough and I don't trust that I'm okay without this title um, Sometimes the answer is, no, I'm not doing it for that. I actually do want to learn this skill, and I think this would be really valuable, but that's been an important distinction for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, this is a little bit more of an open question, but I'm wondering if there's anything else that you would like to share with us that you feel like people, more, more people should know about. Oh, oh good question. <laughs> well... a lot about nonviolent communication recently and that's mm. been really on my heart and I love it so I would like to share a little bit about my experiences with that oh, I yes, think please. yeah um yeah so it's really beautiful and there's a teacher here in Philly uh Terry Lewin who I've taken classes with and the whole idea of nonviolent communication is that everything anyone says or does is just trying to get their own needs met and when she said that, my head sort of exploded <laughs> because I was like, of course, this is true. But just hearing it in that way just opened up so much for me. And um, specifically in my relationship with my mom, this nonviolent communication work, and I've only taken these classes like this summer. It hasn't been a long time, but that's really helped me shift a lot in my relationship with my mom, which is something I've struggled with for my whole life. And how I really worked with this to start was I just started journaling. Mm -hmm. 
healing practice um, around what are all of the stories that I tell myself about my mom? What are some of the things that she has said that I still think about and that still hurt me or things that she typically says or continues to say that trigger me or upset me? And asking myself, okay, what is she actually saying here regardless of the meaning I'm trying to make of it? And what is the need that she's trying to meet by saying this, by expressing this? And connecting with that um, just helped me open up to such a deeper level of compassion. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to give an example, because I think it might help this make more Mm -hmm. sense, is one of the things that my mom often says about me or to me is that she's really afraid that I'm going to hell. I think I mentioned my family's very religious, so Mm -hmm. there's that component there. And that's something that really terrifies her, and she often says that. And so I was journaling, and I was just asking myself, like, okay, what is she actually saying here? And I realized what she's really saying is she loves me, and she's terrified that something bad is going to happen to me. And the need she's trying to meet is to protect me, to protect her kids. And just understanding that, it's like, I still don't like that she says that, right? I wish she wouldn't say it, but it's not really about me changing her and what she says and what she believes. But I can drop into this level of compassion and understand why she's saying that and what she really means. And that's just one example of, like, many things that I wrote about. And it just really has shifted our relationship. Even though this is just work that I'm doing on my own and she's uninvolved, um, it really has brought a completely different energy to our relationship and it feels like the beginning of a really deep healing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Erin, I can't tell you how glad I am that you told the story because mm-hmm. I feel like it was exactly what I needed to hear and it's interesting because nonviolent violent communication has been popping up kind of at the corner of my eyes for me but I haven't found a way in yet that I was really feeling drawn to you know like I haven't seen a book where it's like oh yeah definitely want to dive into that or Mm. met a teacher or something but what you're saying in the beginning about having our needs met and and what you know it's so often how powerful it can be to reach for that and trying to understand that from another person's point of view also just kind of made my head explode. And as, as I was listening to you, I was applying this to a relationship in my life that's really difficult at the moment and that's causing me a lot of self-doubt and, and suffering. And I feel like, you know, like literally just listening to you for a few minutes has really shifted that. So I'm going to need to really look into that nonviolent communication some more. Um, yes, it's so that? powerful. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean oh, to interrupt. No, 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 no. Um, I saw earlier a book mentioned on Instagram that was called um, Decolonizing um, Nonviolent Communication. And unfortunately, I couldn't Google anything. Um, and I will search for that some more. And if I can find it, I'll add that in the show notes. But do you have any other resources that you think are cool and powerful? So... I don't know if the person that taught these classes does them. There's a potential that she might, but she definitely has some amazing blog posts about nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. And her website is backtolife.org. 99% really? sure about that. I'll confirm with you after. <laughs> okay. um, but she definitely has some beautiful blog posts. Um, and she holds circles 
And um, she's incredible. She also holds retreats, actually, now that I think about it. I have not gone on one of those, but she definitely did a compassionate, nonviolent communication retreat this summer. And so I'm sure she does other ones of those as well. I haven't read any books about it, unfortunately. Um, although I did also see that book shared on Instagram yesterday. <laughs> so I'm going to try and check it out as well. But definitely check out her website. Yeah, I will do. Thank you so much. Um, before we go, I would love to hear what you're currently offering and where people can find you. Yeah, so... I offer this podcast called Living Open, which Yara will also be on soon. Um, it's a podcast. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's a podcast for mystics and seekers, and there's a lot of storytelling on there as well. It's a beautiful project that I love so much. And I'm also a Reiki practitioner, like I mentioned, and tarot reader, breathwork facilitator. So I devotions uh, virtually over online video call or in person if you're in Philly um, and I always have lots of events in Philly coming up as well that are all on my site yeah that's so beautiful I saw that earlier actually and I was gonna say I love that you're doing that because I feel like so many of us have really shifted our practices to be completely online I used to teach in Brighton in the south of the UK when I lived there and I'm I've been traveling too much to kind of really maintain a local practice, which I uh, really miss in some ways. And now that I'm settling a little bit more here, I'm kind of reconsidering what that could look like. So I'm excited that it's working for you and that you, yeah, that you find a way to do that. That's beautiful because I think, you know, the internet is so powerful and I'm so incredibly grateful for how it connects us and how it makes really radical ideas more accessible and, um, practices are being spread and also there's something so beautiful with in you know in being just next to another person and in the same room that's really cool yeah there really is yeah I have to say I did like all online work like I mentioned when I first started working for myself it was all freelance and I was traveling all around so I actually had this totally location independent business and I loved it until I didn't And I was really craving like in-person community and I still enjoy doing work online. And of course it's amazing. Like we wouldn't be connecting right now without the mm -hmm. internet, but the in-person work, whether it's like groups or private sessions, that's just, it lights me up in such mm -hmm. a special way. And I just keep calling more of that in, even though, I don't know, maybe that's not the best like business idea, but I just love it and it makes me happy. Mm, yeah, that makes me happy too. Um, you also have a patron, right? That's connected to your podcast. I just saw that's really cool. I love Patreon and I really want to link to that as well. Yes, I do have Patreon. And uh, also I forgot to mention that since we talked so much about breathwork, I also have a free <laughs> breathwork meditation on my website if anyone wants to try the practice out. I want to try that. That's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love just seeing, you know, there's so many different approaches and I would love to hear your voice in a breathwork practice. So I'm going to sign up after speaking to you. Thank you for mentioning that. And also to say, if anyone didn't catch any of that, we'll link to all of this in the show notes. So it will be there as well. Erin, thank beautiful. you so much. It was really beautiful to talk to you. I'm really Yeah, really excited to share your insights and practices and your story with everyone. And I hope that people feel inspired to check some of these things out. So, yeah, thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. I'm sad that it's over, to be honest. <laughs> me too. Let's do this again. I was just saying the other day, I really want to have second and third conversations with people this year because I feel like in some ways I want to honor people's attention span. And I know that more than an hour is really long um, to listen to and it maybe makes it a little bit less accessible. But in some ways I also feel like we're often just beginning to tell a story with this first interview. And I really yeah just really want to have people again and and go a little bit deeper so if you're up for that I would love that oh of course I'm up for that I love that idea (laughs) great thank you so much Erin thank you thank you yeah I am excited to talk to you on Thursday too yes yes speak to you soon bye bye